Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to possibly Pennsylvania. I think we're going to Charlestown, Pennsylvania. Okay, but I it think. was really filmed in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Yes. Charlestown Chiefs. Yes. This, Paul Newman stars as Reggie Dunlop, the foul-mouthed coach of a minor league hockey team. His attempts to save both the team and his job seem stymied at every turn. This week we are indeed doing Slap Shot. Hey, we did that good. This, the P-N-A-M. Paul Newman Appreciation Month? Correct. As it rolls along. Particulars, please. Slap Shot. It was released in February 25th, 1977. Directed by George Roy Hill. You know that name. Yeah, we've heard Butch it a Cassidy lot. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sting. He also did Slaughterhouse-Five, The World According to Garp, The World of Henry Orient, Orient, and The Great Waldo Pepper, to name a few. Produced by Robert J. Wunsch. And there was nothing in Wikipedia, no hyperlink for him. Sorry, Robert. Okay. And Stephen J. Friedman, who also did The Last Picture Show, The Big Easy, Little Darlings, Mother, All of Me, bunch of films. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Stephen J. Friedman, or Fri Friedman probably, is one of the first independent film producers to raise substantial film funding through a publicly traded company. Ah. The writer, it was written by Nancy Dowd. She won an Oscar for her original screenplay for the film Coming Home. Nerd alert. She often uses pseudonyms such as Robert Morton, and Ernest Morton, or just goes uncredited on screenplays. Really? So she's an uncredited... Because of her femaleness? I don't know. I I know that she... Well, she's worked on Straight Time, North Dallas 40. She was on Saturday Night Live as a writer from 80 to 81. Ordinary People, Swing Shift, and White Nights. But on this movie, she's credited, so I don't know what the pseudonym... I mean, maybe to get more work or something, yeah. but I don't know. I, okay. There could have been more research done on, on that. My bad. No, no, just a question. Moving on. Ran out of time. Uh, music by Elmer Bernstein. I get, Elmer? I get Elmer Bernstein and... Bern Leonard. Bernard Leonard. Len Leonard Bernstein? No. Oh, yeah, sorry. maybe. Whoever does the was the one that we talked about last week on Torn Curtain mm. and did Psycho. Mm -hmm. I, I get them confused. I routinely too. get these guys confused because I got okay. super excited, even wrote in my notes. <gasps> Remember, he was either fired or quit Torn Curtain, but no, it's not him. Oh, okay. Okay. Because he did The Ten Commandments, The Magnificent Seven, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Great Escape. Animal House, Airplane, Ghostbusters, Cape Fear, The Age of Innocence, Wild Wild West, and Far From Heaven. And that is far from everything that this guy has worked on. Because usually, wow. you know, I pick out the, the things that people have heard of. So I'm proposing wow. that Elmer Leonard and that other guy that did the Psycho score, whose name draws a blank in my mind right now, merge and become the ultimate 
film composer, and they each get every their own like the credits together. I like wow. I mean, those two lists. Crazy. The director of photography, Victor J. Kemper. He also did Alice's Restaurant, The Hospital, The Candidate, Dog Day Afternoon, The Jerk, Mr. Mom, National Lampoon's Vacation, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Walk Like a Man, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Tommy Boy, just to name of a few. There was more than it. It's like everything this guy did I knew. Bernard Herman. Bernard Herman and Elmer Bernstein. Okay. That's how my dyslexic brain works. Got it. That th those two look like the same in my head. It's the burn. You do not have to explain it to me. I've tried to explain my my dyslexia to kids when they don't understand how I confuse their their names. And I because you start with the same letter and you end with the same letter. Or or there's a there's something in the middle that's the same. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with me, kid. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I thought these two guys were the same people. Edited by Dee Dee Allen. Dee Dee Allen is called, quote, the film editing doctor to American movie studios. She's considered an all-time celebrated auteur amongst film editors. Listen to the movies that this woman edited. And these, this isn't even all of them. The Hustler, Bonnie and Clyde, Dog Day Afternoon. Just those three alone. Yeah. Reds, Wonder Boys, Little Big Men, Serpico, The Wiz, The Breakfast wow. Club. And, and varying genres. Everything. She's just like, yo, if you got a story, I'll cut it for you. Let me, excuse, why don't you sit down and let me make your movie better? Yeah. Whew. Um, and now we're at the starring. <laughs> so we have Paul Newman, who is 51 in this movie, which I think is very interesting because I'm going to see Ad Astra tomorrow with Brad Pitt, who is in his 50s. He's probably about the same age as Paul yeah. Newman was in this movie. I was I was wondering about that. So in 73, Paul Newman did The Sting. 74, The Towering Inferno. 75, The Drowning Pool. Then he did Silent Movie. In 76, he did Bill, Buffalo Bill and the Indians or Sitting Bull's History Lessons. And then in 77, he did Slapshot. 79, he did Quintet. 80, he did When Time Runs Out, and 81 for Apache, The Bronx. And mm -hmm. I think he did something else, and I think he did The Verdict. He plays Reggie Dunlap. Dunlop. We have Strother Martin, who played Joe McGrath. Remember, he was in Cool Hand Luke, Asphalt yes. Jungle, yes. The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance, Harper, True Grit, Up in Smoke, Michael Ontkeen. Ned Braden, I spent all of this movie going, where do I know this motherfucker from? Oh, Which my one? gosh. The guy who played Ned. The guy oh, who yeah. went to where college do you know and him stuff. From? I'm like, where do I know him from? Because he was Sheriff Truman in Twin Peaks. And I started yeah. watching Twin Peaks, like, last year. Hmm. And I was like, that's where I know his face from. 
He was also mm. in Made to Order, Postcards from the Edge, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me, The Descendants, and on the TV show, also on the TV show Rookies, and then a lot of other different TV appearances. Okay, I've seen him on TV then, probably. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Warren, who played Francine Dunlop. She was in Night Moves, Ice Castles, Fatal Beauty. She became a film director and producer and won an Academy Award for producing the short documentary, You Don't Have to Die. Oh, wow. Lindsay Krause played Lily Braden. She was in All the President's Men, The Verdict, Being Human, Prefontaine, and she's had lots of TV appearances. I know I've seen her, but I couldn't place her at all. Did you know that she's the mother of that Zosha Mamet who's in Girls and she's been in a lot of Mad Men and a lot of other stuff? I did not know that. Yeah, because she was married to David Mamet. And David Mamet got his first nerd alert. David Mamet got his first screenplay um, job through her because she was going to audition. I forget for who. And David Mamet said, hey, tell him that he's an idiot if he doesn't hire me to to rewrite. I forget. It was some, like, movie that I've heard of, too. Oh. And he was just joking, but she really said it. And so then the guy, the producer, called him and was like, are you, you know, are you kidding me? And he's like, well, you'll, you'll either have a great screenplay you can use or a sincere apology and that's how David Mamet got his first screenwriting gig. Yeah, you got to have those balls. Uh, Jerry Hauser played Dave the Killer Carlson. He was, okay. He was in Summer 42, MASH, and Bad Company. Then you have Jeff Carlson. That's why I got confused. Jeff Carlson played Jeff Hansen. One of the Hanson brothers. He was in oh the World God. Hockey Association, and he played on the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Then you have Steve Carlson, who played Steve Hansen. He was, uh, he's one of only two people in the world who can say they played on a team with both Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. So, okay, I know the name Wayne Gretzky. Well, Gordie Howe is like... like I don't know, and I may be speaking out of turn, but I'm pretty sure, you know how every the big debate now is who's the best basketball player of all time? Yes. LeBron yes. James or Michael Jordan? Right. So I think that Gordie Howe was like the best uh, hockey player of all time. And I think oh. a lot of people still believe that. But okay. then I think a lot of people also believe that Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey okay. player of all time. Right. So okay. it's like there's only two people, this Al McLeod, I think his name is, and Steve Carlson are the only two people that ever played on a hockey team with both those guys. That's like if there was two people who played on a team with Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Ah, oh, that, that would be amazing, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, wow, you got to – I mean – Really, the question then gets settled by them, who they think yeah, is the greatest be, yeah. because they played with him. Unless, to get even nerdier, though, if they were playing, when did they play? You know? Yes. Did they play? Yes. With, I don't think he played with both of them in their primes. Anyway, I digress. Okay. David Hansen, who played Jack, no, yeah, David Hansen, yeah, played Jack Hansen. 
he was so he's not a Carlson because the Hanson brothers were really based on the Carlson brothers. But David Hanson. So Jack Carlson, he was on the Edmonton Oilers and they ended up going to the playoffs. So he couldn't play the third brother. So Dave Hanson. Yeah, Dave Hanson was originally cast to play the killer, Dave the Killer, Carlson. Oh, okay. And because the whole movie is based on real people, so they did like funny name switching and stuff to play homage to the real people. So he was cast as a Hanson brother, and then that's how Jerry Hauser got cast as the killer. Okay. Okay. Then we have Brad Sullivan, who was in The Sting, The Untouchables, The Abyss, and The Prince of Tides. You have M. Emmett Walsh, who was Dickie Dunn. He was in Blood Simple, The Jerk, Ordinary People, Blade Runner. And I was like, isn't that Swoozie Kurtz? Was it? Yes, she played Shirley Upton. I know her from Sisters, also from Wildcats, and she was also in Dangerous Liaisons, and she's been all over your television screens for the last oh my gosh, 30 uh, years. very young, Susie yes, Kurt. she was very young in this. Wow. There are the particulars. Well done. Well, it starts with uh, a hockey player being interviewed by a sports commentator, and um, they're sitting there waiting for the uh, interview to start. And then they're, it's called sports talk. And so when it comes on, they are defining the hockey terms, all the things you're not supposed to do in hockey, um, which later happens a lot, all the things you're not supposed to do. Okay, so then we have a hockey game where the Chiefs are being introduced we have number seven, the player coach, who is Reggie Dunlop. A.K.A. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. And the game starts, and I go, wait a minute, dudes, you're forgetting something. No oh, helmets. Yeah. yeah, they didn't no wear headgear. They didn't wear helmets in hockey until, I think, the 80s. 79. Yeah. I actually looked it up. It does look really weird to see people skating around without helmets on. And you could be grandfathered in to not have to wear a helmet if you started the league before 79. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Well, that's why hockey players um, are considered to probably be the toughest professional athletes in sports. That in their teeth. Because, yeah, because nobody, no hockey player keeps his teeth. No. That, that and was it one shows. of my things with Paul Newman's character. I was like, he would not have his teeth. And they tried to make his teeth look bad. Yeah, like he had, yeah, yeah. But. They did. Um, they showed the wives and girlfriends up in the stands. Um, they, um. There's a sick player in the booth, and they're going, "What's your injury?" And he he <laughs> says he he just has a cold today. Because he has a sore and, throat and everything, and that's the announcer is just so like, that's me. <laughs> that would be me in that situation. Great, thanks for breathing all over me, Ben. The Chiefs is a really down and out team. Well, the, they're uh, a minor league professional team, right? 
Yes. Yes. And their fans boo them all the time. Yeah, their fans be hating on them. Well, the next scene is a fashion show for men, and the Chiefs players have to be the models. This was their their general manager decided this was great PR. Mm-hmm. The men's fashions through this. It's so seventies. <laughs> it was so seventies. Paul Newman wore like platform shoes. Well, with we'll heels. believe me, we will get to that. Oh my god! I mean, you could hear them kalomp kalomp because they don't bend. Ma, where we will have this discussion. Okay, okay. So, I mean, 70s fashion. Um, So then uh, Reggie and Ned are being interviewed. Reggie is um, the old guard because he's an old dude. I mean, he's a player coach. That just made me LOL. Right. When you're you're so old that you can be the coach, too. Ned is this new guy out of Princeton who actually, um, he's pretty bummed that he is playing on this minor league team, truth be told, because he's so much better. And he's trying to work his way up to the pros. So he's that guy putting in his time. So this interview is really hitting the fact that Reggie is an old dude to still be playing. Oh, he's got gray hair. They didn't color his hair. No, it was was, an old dude. Yeah. Next scene, we have Paul Newman in a leather coat with a fur collar. I'm telling you. I've marked oh it God. down. Um, and they find out that the mill, see, this is Pennsylvania. So the steel mills were what was keeping everything alive. And in the 70s, they started to close. And so if the mill closed, the, anybody who wanted to come out to watch hockey wouldn't have the money to do that. So that meant the hockey team was going down too, like it had further to go because it was pretty much at the bottom anyway. So Reggie is asking the general manager, what happens to the team when the mill closes? And um, he says, don't worry about that. It's not going to happen. Not a problem. Go pick up these new players at the bus station. (laughs) So these three guys who are brothers come off with these Coke bottle glasses. The Hanson brothers. The Hanson brothers. And Paul Newman, uh, Reggie is so angry because it's obvious these guys are dumb now i will say there were quite a few uh, every curse word i know was used at least once in this film yes multiple times and then the slurs um i didn't notice the curse words i did i noticed the slurs yeah the um there weren't a lot of racial slurs because I don't know what our POC count is, but I'm assuming very, zero. It's very low. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not zero, but when we get to it, I'll explain why it kind of should be in the negative. Because <laughs> we're talking hockey, and hockey was not known to be a, a sport where, well, I mean, okay, I'm not I'm not going to give myself a Well, I have a, I have a, um, a nerd alert I can interject in here. Well, to illustrate do. it so the whole this whole thing i'm just gonna say it now because it really informs the rest of the movie and everything the whole thing it, nancy dowd's brother ned dowd was 
a soccer player in a in minor league hockey. He played on the Jamestown Wait, Jets. You said he was a soccer player. A hockey player. Hockey player in minor league hockey. Right, hockey player in minor league hockey. Okay. And he called his sister up in L.A. and said, I think that the Jamestown Jets are going to be closing. And she said, what? Here's what I need you to do. Because she's heard all his stories and stuff. Get, I need you to put a tape recorder in the locker room and on the bus. So she had a tape recorder of the kind of conversations that these guys would have. And that's how those guys would talk in the locker room and in the buses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's locker room talk, but there weren't just, there weren't just curse words. There were, um, uh, PC, the PC. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But yeah. they, but they, these are minor league hockey players in small town that a lot of them come from these small places and stuff. I'm not, uh, justifying it by any means but i'm no, just but saying you that heard that, but hearing it in 2019 yeah. it was like <gasps> like exactly well Intake i'll get to breath. it i'll get to it later more i'll get more into it in the in my reheatables yeah well i have a nerd alert okay as well because she started out nancy dowd the writer as the to make this a documentary mm. so it started out to be a documentary and then they went no, we have too this. This is gold. Too much stuff here. This has to be. This a is comic. gold. Oh yeah, because also, so all of the fights that are in this movie are based on real fights. That was what my nerdler was going to no. be. No. So yeah. So the fight, the fight where oh my God. they start fighting during the, like during the warm ups. Yes. That was real. So oh the the because the Carl the Hanson brothers are based on the Carlson brothers. The Carlson brothers were on the 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 Jets team with Ned Dowd, the screenwriter's brother. When they I forget what city they went to. They went to a city because they had a black player on their team, and the city that they went to, the, a fan uh, held up uh, a sign that basically no. was like, "Hey, why don't you go play basketball?" <gasps> Wait, yeah, which is bad, but I was I was kind of like I thought it was gonna be so much worse. I did too, because I'm I'm saying, did you leave any words out? Yeah, well, I don't know. Wikipedia might have, okay. but let's just say, like you know, they were they were going after this guy, so they finished the game, and then when that team came down to play them at warmups they went over and just started wailing on them as retaliation for the way that they treated the one black player that they had on their team. And then the other team wouldn't even come out to play them and they forfeited. So the other team forfeited and it was during like a playoff. Yeah. The documentary of this would have been like nuts. No way. Well, it would have been no way. Because they they forfeited, and then the team, the the Jets that the Carlson brothers were on, they ended up winning, and that end, it was a best of series, and that ended up putting them over the threshold, so they got to advance from because the other team refused. To, they were all beat up and refused to go out. They're like we're not gonna we're not gonna play with a bunch of goons that came in the warmups and kicked our asses. 
Like, I really thought the fight scenes were like no. Okay. They, they started did all with it and then when they the guy got the when the guy got thrown, uh, some he scored a goal and got hit in the face with keys, and the Carlson brothers went into the stand and they punched the wrong fan and they got yes. arrested. Happened. No. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. That's why they were like the Hanson, the Hanson brothers will be played by the Carlson brothers. That's wow. why you think they are so damn good. <laughs> wow. Well, um, Paul did use the R word in referring to them. Uh, and that yes. just like, it just really reverberates in you now. But that wasn't okay. the last thing that he would say that reverberates through you. Well, that's true. That's I was true. like, Paul. That's true. And uh, because he had seen their hotel room and they brought their toys with them. He they thought, brought their, yeah, but he thought they were just cars. He didn't realize that they were like slot cars. Yeah. Okay. We're in the bar. The whole team is drinking and all the girls are drinking. Now there are girls who are wives and girlfriends. And then there are girls who are hangers on like groupies, right? Yes, definitely. And then Ned's wife, I didn't ever understand what was happening with her. She didn't want to be there. I well, mean, she... Ned went to Princeton, so she met him at Princeton. So she came from money. And she was mad that she, you know, this woman who comes from this life of privilege and money is now living in this small Pennsylvania town. For for very little money, because she yeah. always she to say she dressed down would be an understatement. So she never. I mean, she was always wearing just. Yeah, you wouldn't when you looked at her. You wouldn't think money. No, but I think she was depressed. <laughs> well, yeah, because the first time we see her, she's drinking from a flask, and then every time we see her, she's like drunk. Right. She is not right. a happy camper. And she, and you can tell that, and she doesn't, I mean, she tells him, I want, we have to leave here. This is killing us. And he goes, well, um, I get the dog and you get whatever else the is van. left. And, um, that, so she walks out. Um, then, uh, Reggie's wife comes into the bar. Now they say there it's his ex-wife, but they have not yet filed for divorce. Well, he's it's Paul Newman. He's yeah. she's like I'm sick of your antics, and then he comes puts on the Paul Newman charm, and she's like one more time, and yeah. then and then she's like I'm sick of your antics, and then the Paul Newman charm. Uh, and Paul has on some amazing plaid pants. Ah, blue scene. plaid pants. And she tells Reggie, because Reggie's hanging on by a string. He is an old dude. He's a player coach. So everything's on him. Uh, because they keep losing. They're a bunch of losers who who just want to be big time, but they're not going to get there. And um, she goes, the minute they close that mill, the Chiefs are going to fold. Uh, what are you going to do after hockey? And he has never really thought about it. Well, the front, the, whoever was the front, either the current owner or the manager or whatever, he said, he told Reggie, he was like, look, I've been trying to groom you so that you can get a front office job. Because 
that's what a lot of players do in professional right. sports. And they start to get old and they start going, hey, um, what do you guys do here? What, what's this? Yeah. Sports you know? commentary. Sports or... Com- or they go into the front office. Right. You know, like John Elway and then becomes, you know, sees how operations are and becomes like a general manager. So right. that kind of thing. They're trying to, like Doug Williams. There's a lot of people. And... But he wasn't kind of taking the hints. He didn't. A lot of people, when they get to be, a, you know, a certain age, they say, you know what, I'm going to start hanging it up and I'm going to go to high school, start coaching and then get a college job and mm-hmm. then, you know, or become an assistant coach with a prominent coach that I coached for and try to, like, you know, work their way up in, in this tree. And he's done nothing to prepare his life for when he can't play hockey anymore and he's old and he should have been doing this years ago preparing for this moment he always he he does say in some part i i just wasn't cut out to sit behind a desk which i get there are a lot of people who aren't but um yeah he's never thought of himself not being a hockey player but he doesn't have to sit behind a desk if he's a coach Exactly. So exactly. it's not like the like oh he's a hockey player he has to go become an accountant now he could, but there are paths where you get to stay in hockey. And I'm saying playing hockey all those years without a helmet I don't know that he could become an accountant. Um, I know it's like his face would have been so much more messed up. I know. Thank God he wasn't really a hockey player. Okay, they're on the bus, and the three brothers show up. And the general manager comes and gets on the bus. And everybody's going, what is this about? So you know something's up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, antics happen on the bus. Then they're in the locker room. And the three brothers are taping tin foil to their hands. <laughs> the Paul Newman, Paul, it's, this is what I laugh the hardest at Paul Newman's line reading that he does in this scene and his reaction to it. His expression. His, the expression on his face of watching this. Because he's just like, what the fuck? And he says that frequently. Yeah, and um, then he says to them, uh, he's like, <laughs> what does he go? He said something like, Jesus Christ, they're not leaving the bench. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And the exactly. way he says it, oh, cracked me up. I So this was after the sting. Because mm-hmm. people thought he couldn't do comedy. He is hysterical in this. And you know how Johnny Carson was known for his facial expressions? Yeah. Oh, Paul Newman's facial expressions. They're great. One. They're fantastic. Oh my God. Okay, well... Um, the general man, oh, they're in the game. They're losing again. And, um, it is Ned, the young, good player who is frustrated. And so he goes walking around and he hears the general manager McGrath on the phone, trying to get a new job and saying, our team is finished. Well, Reggie rushes in. Um, actually we are in the locker room now and Reggie's in his underwear. It was, it was a lovely scene. And he's saying, this is our last season. They're going to announce it tomorrow. And they go, Reggie, you have a phone call. And so 
Reggie is on the phone. He says, oh, give me your address. Don't move. And he's going out. That's when he sees the three brothers with the toy racetrack. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got plaid, a different pair of plaid pants on. So he's kind of relieved. He's like, oh, they brought this. And everyone else on the team has gone out for debauchery. But these three guys, they're not going out. They're not drinking. They're just having fun playing with the slot car thing. Right. So the next seed, Reggie is in bed with this blonde, Suzanne, who is a former hockey wife of someone on on a different team. And she is explaining to him how she started sleeping with women. Yes. So uh, next scene, Reggie is talking to a sports columnist. He has a statement necklace. Saying, he's telling the sports columnist, he thinks there's a retirement community in Florida who's looking for a cheap hockey team. Because he, he says, look, where do all the people from the Northeast who love hockey, where do they go to retire? They go down to Florida. So, but then they still miss their hockey. So why don't, there's interest in the retirement community to bring down some hockey for them. You don't often think of ice hockey in Florida, but that. But that it does is, make sense because yeah, Florida is where a lot of people from the Northeast go to retire, and you know they grew up with hockey and they miss hockey. So they're like, here we are. Okay, so that seed has been planted. Now we have another game, and Reggie tells the goalie his wife is a lesbian, as yeah, well as many. Many other. He doesn't use that term. Homophobic slurs. He does at the end, after he's done every other slur, he does spin around him going, your wife is a lesbian. Well, the goalie goes after Reggie. They get into a fight. The goalie gets thrown out. Um, and they end he, up winning the game, right? Right. They end up winning the game. So, be, because they used fighting... To get in the people's brains. In their heads. Yeah, yeah, get in their heads, and they were able to win the game. So then Reggie's like, oh, I think I know what we need to do. Yeah, and you see that spark lit in his eyes. But Ned says it was a garbage win. Yes. Ned wants to win on principle. The next day, Reggie sees Lily, who was Ned's wife, in a park. And they see Ned talking to another woman. So it's obvious Ned has had other women. And she is here miserable, depressed. Drinking. Lots of drinking. Next scene, everybody's in a bar watching a soap opera. (laughs) At which point Dave is reading an article in the paper about the Chiefs being bought by Florida. Wonder where that info got. (laughs) The columnist has, has... Printed the story. Hook, line, and sinker. Now they're in the locker room. So there's there's locker room, game, bar. Locker room, game, game bar. bar. Um, and somebody, it, oh, Reggie is saying to, is it Killer Dave? Yes. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about retiring because people are always on me about my age. Knowing... That Dave is going to stick up for him. No, you're still a great player. Don't let him do that. So as soon as Dave hears 
somebody on the other team saying something about Reggie's age, Dave goes after him and becomes Killer Dave. Mm -hmm. um, Reggie tells another player on the team he's been dropped by his team. So, I mean, he's just out there telling lies as, as big as Trump's and um, getting, so everybody gets in a fight now. Instead of playing hockey, it's fight time, fight club. Yep. So the uh, Killer Dave gets beat up by their best player. Uh, so uh, Reggie is just manipulating everybody. Mm -hmm. At this point, he puts the three brothers in. And the three brothers are demolishing the other team. And it's funny because the three brothers, they never pestered him about coming in. No, they like sat you, on the bench. They were just like, this is my role. I'm here. Whenever you need us, we're available. You know, which nowadays they would be like, hey, what the hell, man? Yeah. We'll yeah. Get us in. But then they were just buying their time waiting. They get put in. They just demolish everyone. Oh, my God. And the crowd gets really into it. Mm -hmm. And so Reggie's looking around going, oh, okay. This is what we need to do. Um, and, and Ned is like, these guys are a fucking disgrace. Uh, there's a huge fight. The three brothers get bro thrown out. The crowd loves them. Just absolutely loves them because this is a crowd from a small mining town. That is probably... The mine's probably going to close down. That's their livelihood. It's the Northeast. It's hard, harsh winters. This is where they go to let loose. And their team stunk. But now their team is fighting and brawling. And so they get to like, cheer and yell. and Like, yeah! And the team has actually won three games in a row. Mm. Next scene is the Ice Stravaganza. Sort of like ice capades, women in little costumes, um, oh, skating yeah. on the ice. And then, it, so there's a whole scene with that. Then they're in the club with the girls from the ice extravaganza. Uh, and the men love that. Reggie's wife is there and she leaves with another man. What? Uh, Paul had on a leather suit. Yes, we'll get okay. to that. We're back on the bus, and Paul, Reggie, is talking. He wants to know who the owner of the Chiefs is, and nobody will tell him who owns the Chiefs. Um, they're in the locker room. He's doing a pep talk. Uh, they even have a booster club now. Mm -hmm. They're looking for their fifth win. This is where, in the warm-up, Aaron was talking about the fight that ensues during the warm-up. Mm-hmm. The game hasn't even started. They've gone yet. all in on their what their team identity is. They just they fight. They would just fight first, and then we'll play the game later. Because there are no officials out there to stop it, because the game hasn't started. Mm -hmm. Well, then the game starts. The national anthem is playing, and the ref can't stop. He can't contain himself. He turns around and starts yelling at the three bros. During the national anthem. <laughs> and they're going, dude, we're just trying to be here for the national anthem. And, yeah, dude. and they yell at him and they're like, the song is playing. <laughs> so um, this has been about an hour. 
they're getting back on the bus. Reggie calls his ex-wife and a man answers. So he's distraught about that. And it's been an hour. So just know that there's going to be more bars, locker rooms, games, games fights. fights. Yep. That's the movie. And it's hockey, which I have never gotten into, but it is it is funny. It, it's a funny movie. I, there are things that I laughed out loud at. Uh, nerd alert or tasty nugget. This movie is shown on bus trips a lot to hockey teams. It's the, <laughs> it's the favorite movie to watch when they are traveling to their nest next destination yes this is it was a modest success when it came out but it became <laughs> cult classic and the the guy who plays the goalie and another guy on the team they were french canadian and they dubbed their own voices and they when they did when they did a dub for canada instead of like the french um, dub version they they use the special French that the Canadian around Quebec have oh so in Canada this movie is cult that. classic oh it's gotta be well okay POC count all right so the POC count well there's two the first one is just a black guy in a crowd. I was just like, I looked up and I was like, that's a black guy in the crowd. He goes on the POC count. I did not see him. <laughs> the major one is Clarence Screaming Buffalo Swamp Town. He is a hockey player on the team, the, the opposing team that they're playing at the very end, which is made up of all these characters that they've referred to. So they're like the villains. Sort of like the Seinfeld's finale. Yeah. This <laughs> guy. So he's first American. Is that the proper nomenclature of these times? Yes. Well, I don't know. It was when I was teaching. So he, you know, old school Native American. Older than that, Indian. Um, But like full... You know when you look at him because he's got his hair braided and he's got the war paint on. Yes, he it's, does. It's very cringe-inducing. Yes, And this does. is coming from someone who is a fan of the Washington football team. I was like, oh, man. And they, the announcer says that he did an interview and his... Um, his... his what is it hockey stick is called the big tomahawk yes and he refers to other players as little scalps yes i uh but yes. he was played oh i didn't i thought i wrote it down he was like the guy that played him was a hockey player and was um a member of a tribe okay he, so Thank he you. was like legitimate and he was like a well-known hockey player. And so he was, we didn't have red face. No, it wasn't red face. It was just like, like offensive in the overt caricature of, you know, the depiction. Right. That's why I was like, it kind of, like, 
there is a POC count, but it kind of goes in the negative because it is not aged well at all. Yeah. Okay. You know, say big tomahawk and refers to everyone as little scalps. It's yeah. just, it really leans heavily into those people being portrayed as savages. Yes. So it's like, eh. okay. Okay. Nerd alerts that we haven't already done. Um, I already said how the tape recorder was set up. And did you notice that the only, the only uh, movie theater at the end when they're in the parade, mm-hmm. what movie is being played? Yes. Deep Throat. Wow, that's so that's the movie in town, guys. Yeah, there you go. That movie was a colossal hit, I guess, because yeah, it was it even was. in a small town theater. Yeah, uh, I don't think we'll be doing that one. On. <laughs> <laughs> you were taking a sip, weren't you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, just so cringe inducing. I tell you, listen to a mother and daughter. (laughs) They do deep throat. (laughs) No. Okay. Man. But if someone wanted to pay us a substantial (laughs) amount of money. Yeah. I Someone chooses to sponsor our podcast. Hey, I yeah, there you go. We're, we're used to being uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, any other nerd alerts? Ah, no, that was my only nerd alert. Okay, reheatables. Okay, my reheatables. All right. Okay, my first was the what I already said, no helmets. Mm-hmm. These they, are your bad so reheatables. I, I yeah, I had to look it up. 1979. I'm glad you looked it up because I knew that it was... I knew that when I was a little kid, they were wearing helmets, but, you know, when you're a little kid, they'll show pictures of and video from older yesteryear and stuff and from the 70s, and I'm like, I remember them not having helmets. Like, seeing a lot of old highlights, but they weren't recent highlights, recent old highlights, and there's no helmets going on. Wow. Okay. Second reheatable. Plaid. <laughs> wow. Wow. Plaid pants. A lot, lot of plaid. A lot of polyester. Polyester plaid. Uh, third negative reheatable men wearing necklaces. I didn't even notice it. It 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 they were it, it was it was like a huge medallion or something. Oh, he had two different ones. He wore two different necklaces. I think I'm kind of desensitized to that from um, like hip hop culture, more urban culture. Yeah, but these were not those kind of necklaces. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like the I, like Italian '70s necklaces. They were, it, his were like on a chain, a long chain. And then it was a huge, like three and a half inch circle of something. Wasn't that, weren't those to help you like sniff cocaine? Weren't those like cocaine necklaces? Uh, I never heard of that. <laughs> weren't they, uh, wasn't everyone just wearing necklaces with cocaine around it and then, that everything they had what? was some way to like scoop cocaine into their noses. 
Probably. <laughs> uh, probably. I was not a part of that culture. Oh. Okay. My next reheatable what were the homophobic slurs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Just coming out of their mouths. I mean, with- Paul Newman, at the end of the movie, when he goes to the owner's house, yeah. and he makes a comment about the owner's son where I, cl- I clutched my pearls <laughs> and said, Paul! I can't believe you said such a thing. I know. But that's, you know, 2019 eye, eyes and ears listening to 1977, you know, old, uh, drunk, hanging on by a, his fingernails, hockey, yeah. minor league hockey player. That's true. Okay, my last negative reheatable is the... I said hockey mentality, and then I changed it to mob mentality, but I guess it's the same thing. Oh, you mean what gets called, what is, uh, I guess, referred to now as toxic masculinity? Okay. The the fighting. The fighting and and like the the crowd, like, like. Oh, yeah, the the bloodthirst for the crowd. Yes. Well, that still exists. Yes. I mean, that's the UFC. That's, you know, mixed martial arts fighting. Is that, and well, and it's something right. that has always existed. Gladiators. Yeah, I know. Like everybody boxing and now it's MMA and everybody's just ugh, bloodthirsty. Well, yeah, now it's walking down the street. Yeah. It's, why can't you just go but... It, I guess that, you know, people, they used to just go and watch it, and that's how they got it out of their system. But then they also, that was a thing, because as it got bigger, the team, the Chiefs, and they got, remember how they had the ambulance and stuff? And now they wanted the ambulance out there so that people would come because they're like, oh, there's an ambulance there. And then it got to the point where they were just having fights to get in. There would just be fights in the parking lot. Right. So, yeah. There's that that aggression. Well, those were my negative reheatables. All right. I got my, I just said the homophobic slurs, the no helmets. You know, Paul Newman is a, I already mentioned it, he's a minor league hockey player. He's old, and yet he still has all his teeth. So yeah. It's like, you know. And then they put like something behind him to make it look like yeah, they put the dirt behind him to, yeah. to make it look they were all chipped and stuff. Um, I mean, what they should have done is because you see the real hockey players, they took out their dentures right when they went on ice. So they he could have left his pearly pristine and just had a scene where he takes out his right, you know. Um, and they were getting on a bus at one point, and there was a guy in a Nazi helmet. With the SS logo on the side. I didn't see that. And I was like, wait, what is this? It was really random and weird. I'm like, that looks like a swastika. And then he turns and I'm like, yeah, that's the SS, like, insignia. Oh, ouch. And... Yeah, I was like, what is that? So I don't know. And I didn't really get to do that much 
research to look it up to see what that whole thing was about. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that was just to signify just how far they had gone into the dark side. The abyss. Yeah, so those were my bad reheatables. Okay, my good reheatables. There were twice in this film we got to see Paul Newman in his underwear. Yeah, he's wearing weird boxers. Yeah. Um, Ned did not want to goon it up. Ned wanted to play it straight. If we lose a straight game, that's fine. If we win because of all this, he said it, it turned into a wrestling match. Yeah, uh, I mean, I understand like Ned's position and how Ned wanted to do it, but in the situation they were in, they had to goon it up. They, I mean, they were playing for their livelihoods and everything, so yeah. there's no, like, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we need to be engaged in this civilized. It's like, there are no rules, motherfucker. We need to... We need to get people to like these games, to come to these games, to build up the team so that the team of somebody in Florida wants to buy us or else we are done. This is survival here. This is Darwinism. Actually, I didn't have it, but the fact that Paul Newman, uh, Reggie, was smart enough to go to make up that total lie. There was nobody in Florida who wanted to buy the team, but he needed to, to get an interest back in so he was using what smarts he had left to, to try to save the team. It was a great plan. Yeah. Um, the fact that there was a female scriptwriter and a female film editor are positive. Yes. Because you would not think that this movie no. <laughs> had any female touches. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. You nailed the it. The female touch that it had was when she took Ned's wife to his hairdresser wife and had her all dolled up. But yeah. she didn't look, I mean, she, yeah. She was overly hairstyled. Yeah, I don't know if they really even needed her storyline. I didn't think they did. Because I was like, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I don't even know if I enjoyed it. I'm glad yeah. that that she got to work and be in a Paul, be in this movie. Yeah, and I think it was because there was a lot of infidelity on any. Yeah, I, I think team. it was trying. So I to think that was just showing that show the hardship of yeah. the wives and girlfriends. Yeah, and the drudgery of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those were mine. My good reheatables. I liked when the guys were all in the the bar. And they were all into the story, the soap opera. <laughs> they knew everything that was going on. You could drop a pin in that bar because they were you all could. riveted. <laughs> and they and they were talking. They all had their theories. They were, you know, fangirling out and stuff. That was mm-hmm. funny. Um, I like that it was the factory closing and what that meant for the team because that was something that was happening in the 70s. And it also... Yes. You still see it now. You know, this factory is closing and they're like, all right, well, I don't work at the factory, but right. all the fans, they do work at the factory. And once the factory closes, they're not going to they're not going to have any money because they're not working. 
So they're not going to be able to come see us play. So that goes down. Just the the ripple effect and the ramifications of, of that kind of thing. And you, that's what you see in America and stuff, in the Rust Belt and in all of these places where it was this thriving, booming economy and stuff, and it could support all these things. But then when that all gets taken away, then all of these unintended consequences and casualties and stuff. Correct. Um, and then the woman, instead of selling it, finding somebody and selling it, she's just like, yeah, but it's financially better for me to just close it down because it's a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, has aged particularly well. I, I could do the right thing, or I could make me some money. Money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Those were mine. All right. MVPs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My MVP was a one-word line from Paul Newman. When the, because the last game, they decide they're going to play it straight. (laughs) The general manager comes in and goes, we have scouts out there from, from National League. And Paul Newman looks up and goes, scouts? (laughs) (laughs) Time to start fighting again, people. (laughs) That was my favorite part. Yeah, I have uh, some runner-ups. Okay. So... I already said it. The line reading of him when he's like, Jesus Christ, they don't they don't leave the bench. And then when he's told by somebody to go suck something, <laughs> he, he responds with all I can get. <laughs> and that that made me laugh really hard. Because this guy <laughs> thought he was owning him. And it was just Paul Newman just being like, yeah, all of them. Uh, put it in front of my face. I got it. <laughs> that so that was, and then also another runner-up is Paul Newman's wardrobe. Like we said, he's oh got a fur coat, like a wide. What? It, how would you describe it? a wide lapeled fur coat? And uh, everything had wide lapels. And Those then, shirts went to his shoulders. The collars went to his shoulders. And he had blue plaid pants. He had on platform shoes and he, he was did. running in them. Kalomp, kalomp, kalomp. And then this is going to lead me into my MVP of the movie because uh, the second half of the film, he spends a substantial amount of time in a brown, I want to say it's leather suit, but I'm not entirely sure it's not plastic. No, it was leather. And so my real MVP of this is the sound editor or recorder because that man was able to get all of the shoe clomping and all of every time Newman moves, you can hear the crinkling <coughs> of that suit. And you and you know that it's not like, I mean, he's, you know, he's a hockey player and stuff. And that, that doesn't seem like a breathable material. <laughs> Did you ever see the friends where Ross? Yes, with the baby powder. Yes. 
So my MVP of this is the sound people who made sure that we not only saw the leather outfit, but also heard it. Heard it. Because I have heard the leather outfit. Yes. <laughs> it's why I don't wear leather outfits. It's, it just Gross. seems very embarrassing to just be all your movements are just I'm moving now. This is I'm moving. Much like corduroy pants with a big thighed woman. Well, that's a fire hazard. <laughs> I know oh. that well. Oh. Where you stop and you're like, who's making all that sound? Why is it why does it sound like a parade? Like, oh. like, and then that's you me. stop and you're like, oh, it's gone. And you keep hearing you're like, the parade has continued. No, it's me. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. That was a good laugh. Mm -hmm. Okay, recasting. All right, I came up with two casts. I did too, but I only recast Reggie and Ned. Oh, I did Reggie, Ned, and the Hanson brothers. I could, I tried with the brothers. I tried. Usually I, I my casts are somewhat realistic. Like, I kind of try to match parts with people, you know, so you're mm -hmm. not, if it's a, a secondary role, you're not putting in a, a leading actor, actress, you know? Okay. You're kind of That's going, why I couldn't. I but guess. for this, I threw it out the window. Well, you know, get out of my head, Aaron Bush. My Reggie is, of course, Brad Pitt. Ah, Yes. And my Ned for Brad Pitt was Ryan Reynolds. Okay. He's Canadian. Yeah. Is that it? That's all I did for that one. Oh, okay. Well, I did. My Reg was Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. And then my Ned was Taylor Kitsch. Help me out with Taylor Kitsch. He was on Friday Night Lights. And he was in, I think, like season two of True Detective. He was in that movie. Didn't was he the quarterback well. in Friday yeah. Night Lights? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he's been Love in that. movies and stuff, but he's, he hasn't taken it. He was in that one movie that, that like bombed. It was like John something. And it was, yeah, I forget, though. Um, and then for my handsome brothers, this, this just made me laugh. I was like, Chris Pine, Chris Evans, and Chris Pratt. <laughs> there you go. Why not? Yeah. Well, I have a female, I have a female Reggie and Ned. All right. I have a female cast as well. I, for my Reggie, I just, Drew Barrymore came to mind. Oh, that's a good Reggie. That's and really it, good. And so, you know, the straight-laced, um, the, the wannabe authentic Ned is Sophie Turner. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Okay. I wrote down somebody, but I'm changing it because your Drew Barrymore made me think of someone else. Okay. So my originally what I wrote down for my female Reggie was Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. 
But now I'm going with my Reggie. I'm recasting it. I'm bringing her out of retirement. It's Cameron Diaz. I knew if I... <laughs> yeah, she'd be good. I was like, oh, man, she would be great as Reggie. Yeah, she would And be. then my Ned is Haley Joe Richardson. She was in this movie. I know her from this movie with uh, Regina Hall called Support the Girls. And she was fantastic in it. So I'm like, she would be my Ned. She would be great. And then for my Hanson sisters, <laughs> I got Jennifer Lawrence, Emma Stone, and Brie Larson. Yeah, they would be. Oh, they would be funny. I, don't know, I think they would be hilarious. Yeah. Because you needed people that you would believe. that It was hard for the female one because you needed people you believed would, like, fight. Yes. And even the three of them, I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> eh. I mean, honestly, if they did a female slap shot, it would, it would give a lot of newcomers a lot of yes. a shine. Yes. So, yep. Well done. All right. Tasty Nuggets. Okay. Um, this was Paul Newman's favorite movie. He loved this do. movie. Yeah, it was his favorite movie of all his movies. Remember last week I was looking for that information and couldn't find it? Then I found it. Yeah, it was just when they would do, um, when he would do interviews and stuff, he, was, he had a blast pl- doing this because he played hockey in his youth. And then he also... He loved playing this character. And he said that he didn't cuss much. And then after Slapshot, you just had a potty mouth. Yeah, it does get in your system. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just fun. Sometimes you're, you're just angry and you just string these words together in this <laughs> order. And then you just stop and laugh because you're just like, wow. It releases the pressure. Yeah. Well, the the censors had trouble with the rating. They gave it an R rating, but added that certain language may be too strong for children. <laughs> Do you think? Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. kids now would put their hand, they would hate the movie and they'd put their fingers in their hands and be like, ah. The bus driver was the real bus driver of the Johnstown Jets. <laughs> there's, I thought that was cool. Yeah, there's so much stuff that folds in. Um, Ned, Ned Dowd, who, remember, his sister wrote the screenplay. Right. He was Ogie Oglethorpe at the end. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, um, and... Okay, I already told you Nancy Dow originally wanted this to be a documentary. Mm-hmm. Those are my tasty nuggets. Because a lot of the tasty nuggets had a lot to do with hockey and it didn't mm-hmm. register with me. The John the Johnstown Jets that the brother played for and the the Carlsons and all that folded in 1977, the year the movie came out. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Newman's character is based on this guy, John Brophy. And Brophy would later become the coach of Dave Hansen, one of the Hansen brothers. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I already said about the fights and stuff. 
Gene Siskel initially gave it two and a half stars, but then over the course of the year, he watched it a couple more times, and by the end of the year, it was on like one of his top two films of the year, I think. He was just like, this movie is great. It's brilliant. 1998, Maxim listed it as the best guy movie of all time. And 2007, GQ, Dan Jenkins said it was the best sports film of the last 50 years. Yeah, that's what... There was a Rolling Stone article, September... Or no, February 24th, 2017, by Dan Epstein, who said, said, it's called Why Slapshot Captures 1970s Better Than Any Other Sports Movie. So it's aged incredibly well in many respects, but then that was all prior to like 2016, so now people are probably going to be... It is funny how jarring... Like the slurs are. Yeah. But that's also how it was. And I dare say in locker rooms still is. Yeah, because everybody talks differently when they're, you know, like what's that saying? Something about how you talk like in mixed company. Yeah. Like they would be like, oh, he's mixed company. Like, you know, you don't really know people well. But then every everybody has things that they'll say to their family members or, you know, best friends and stuff. The, like the people that really know them that will, you know, they'll say some outrageous things. But they know that the people who know them know that they're just saying the outrageous thing to be funny and that they right. wouldn't. They're not saying it to be like mean or malicious or anything. Well, and you know, sometimes people are doing it to be mean and malicious and they act like a different way. But you know, like everybody acts a different way around certain people. So sometimes, I guess, I don't know. Because I've been watching, I watched Bill Burr and I watched Dave Chappelle stand up and I'm like, I know like people are going to be mad at that. People are going to be mad at that. People will be mad at that. But then these guys, they're professional comedians. And I don't get mad at them because what they're saying is funny because they're professionals in the art of comedy. Right. You know, it's not it's not like it's this guy on the corner who's saying it, who doesn't who hasn't studied and become a professional of his craft and knows why things are funny. And and you know, Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr and you know comics of that stature and that level, they they work on it to fit what am I saying? What is my point? What is the point that I'm saying and how can I make that point the funniest point? And most of, and they're great because the point that they're trying to make when they're saying these things, it it isn't the point. It's a deeper point than the point that is on the surface level that people latch on to. But people Correct. latch on to that point because that's how it was. And that that's what these movies show. Like these movies show why there is a need for glad and stuff. Right. Because this is how, you know, regular people thought. And thought that it was okay to speak like that and to talk exactly. like that. 
Exactly. And so it's it's this like hopefully you know the pendulum will kind of like swing back and say yes because of that that's why we did need to be more careful and more policing of the words and stuff but it doesn't really apply to people who are professional comedians and stuff you know like joey on the corner probably shouldn't be trying to think that like oh well dave Chappelle said it i can say it like no you're not dave Chappelle, right and you don't have the underlying meaning going with it yeah like, you're just understanding the joke on the surface level. Are you really understanding the ideas that he's trying to say? Because there's a great part in the Bill Burr comedy thing where a guy yells something out in the crowd to him because he, you know, you can tell that he, that guy, whatever, was triggered and thought that Bill Burr meant something else. But if you're in the audience with Bill Burr, you understand the point that he's trying to make. And it's like that, that guy got caught up on the surface level of, and it wasn't even the surface level. It was what he thought he heard. Yeah. Okay. So, it's yeah, it's interesting. But it is still, sh- like, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Paul Newman said that about a little I, boy. I know. <laughs> ah. But then we did see the little boy. <laughs> Oh, I can't, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a sports movie and it's a movie that that um most men who like sports, who are really into sports will like, mm-hmm. I think. Well, I believe next week is our last P N A M. <sighs> for this year man is that correct it goes by so fast it does and there are still so many more for us to do i know good news well next week's is from 1958 it does it star his wife it is less than two hours long oh I will tell you, there are some big names in this one. Like? Have you, like Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Orson Welles. Orson Welles? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Lee Remick. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. She was, she was a big star back in the day. I'm a star. Set in Mississippi. Long hot summer. It is. Yeah, I thought we should see the one where they fell in love. Yeah, that's why I was like, isn't it his, his wife? I in chose this? not to answer at that time. I had more info uh-huh. to divulge. Is it the long hot summer or just long hot summer? I think it's the the long hot summer. Nineteen fifty-eight. Nineteen. 19- 58. It is one hour and 57 minutes. And we get to see young Paul Newman. Young Paul Newman. And we get to see their chemistry. Yeah, that's going to be kind of bittersweet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, like, what was it? We already said the two faces of Eve, and I was like, okay, I get it. And, you know, but now I get to see them together. <laughs> 
and this young Paul Newman. And I'm yeah. like, oh, there's the love of his life rubbing my face all in it. Yeah. And I have to just go be like, yeah. And then, like, of course, I never stood a chance. No. <laughs> no, none of us did. <laughs> but I love that Joanne Woodward wasn't the, isn't the, wasn't the classic, what, what they considered Hollywood beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, it, she's not. No, ugly. I'm not saying she was. <laughs> I, I'm saying that that it wasn't the Elizabeth Taylor or you know, the Ava Gardner, right? Yeah, Sophia Loren. Or... So I mean, she had a great personality, but her great personality wasn't the first thing Paul Newman saw. <laughs> That's just my point. Well, we'll find out. You know, she's when we watch it together. She's not late period. Uh, Shelley Winters. <laughs> you <know>? Wow! <laughs> Ouch! You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> ha, shots fired. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying. It's true. Okay. Well, next week we will be doing the long hot summer as our week is supposed to be pretty hot here. Oh, I think it's cooling down here. Traditionally, September is the hottest month in Southern California, according to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you <laughs> have it. Is that what I'm supposed to say? I think it's like, well, there you go. There you go. I'm writing that down. Yeah, only well, 88 episodes of your catchphrase. <laughs> it obviously isn't my catchphrase. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Goodbye.